Welcome back to another episode of Culinary Insight, where the heart of the kitchen begins. I'm your host, Chef Tate Roussel. I'm at Clear Springs High School and also work for CCISD, that's Clear Creek Independent School District. I am the chef instructor of the program, and with us today is an amazing guest, and one I'm privileged to speak with is the superintendent, Dr. Karen Engel. Dr. Engel has 25 plus years experience. She's been a principal of both elementary, middle, and high schools, at least four different school districts. And if you're interested in following her, you can follow her on Twitter at Karen Engel. Do you have an Instagram? I'm not active on Instagram. Okay. So you can find her on at Karen Engel on Twitter. So Dr. Engel, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I wanted to see, first of all, how has your day been? It's been very busy. Yeah. It's been a busy day, but a good day. Is there anything that uh, you want to highlight about being such a good day today? You know, every Monday morning, we meet together with our cabinet, and those are kind of district leaders from in different areas and talk about things that are happening, celebrate um, positives, as well as looking at the week ahead, looking at activities, calendar, looking at um, upcoming upcoming areas that we need to focus on for the district. And I say the biggest highlight for me is we've been doing listening sessions on campuses and across the district, asking staff what is going well, what is something that could use improvement, and what do we need to stop. And so every Monday we kind of look at those and say, how can we support staff and support teachers in the district and what can we do to take some of these recommendations or take the information and make commitments to make changes so we do that every every monday we don't necessarily come up with some final actions right away but we are constantly looking to see what we can do we'll be meeting with elementary campuses again this week and then by the end of the week we'll be able to go back and kind of collaborate on all of the information we've received from elementary schools and see what can we do to support staff on those campuses that's actually a lot more information than we at at least at a teacher level realize that goes on is that the constant uh, adaptation and scaffolding of all the different ways that the district is trying to be supportive of staff, students, and faculty. It's like a, a lot to do on a Monday. It is, it is, but it's fun. I'm glad that you enjoy it. And I am also overjoyed that you decided to join us today. High school students in this age group who a lot of times I get, they don't feel like they have a voice. They're not heard. And that's why I started this. So they can either have a voice or they will be able to actually interact with each other and interview because I'm really big on interpersonal communications because now with all the social media, we don't do that. We're really excited about that and have someone of your stature to be able to spend a few minutes with us is uh, very insightful. What skills do you see that is transferable in culinary besides cooking? And you're talking about transferable just to different parts of life, just to being successful yes. in, in all areas. From my perspective, and now I've not taken culinary classes, but I've had the privilege of being the recipient of amazing meals and watching the work that goes on. I would say everything from organization to planning to hard work to perseverance to learning from mistakes 
I can think of so many things that are in the in your classes that transfer to every aspect of life. That's really great to hear from someone. When I speak of it, it almost sometimes falls upon deaf ears that you're learning things that are tangible. Not we learn more than just cooking skills. And just to hear you speak about those skills, hopefully you're gonna resonate a little bit with the students. You've been a teacher a principal in all levels. What would you say is the biggest difference between elementary, intermediate, and high school uh, from student-wise? And that's a great question. I would say at the elementary level, the students are so excited to learn. The students are there is an innocence and excitement um, about everything that you present before them. Um, they find it engaging. They're also a little bit harder to focus their attention at times. You know, they get distracted, but there's they um, really anticipate everything that's that's happening in the classroom. As they get into intermediate and high school, sometimes that students become more aware of their peers, they're more influenced by their peers, they become concerned about what, you know, that excitement might look like or be perceived, so they may not be quite as engaged in the learning at times. But also what I see is as they get older, they have an opportunity to focus on what they really enjoy, their passions. There's more, instead of teacher-directed, um, you know, well, now we're going to move into this. They get to pick their classes, so they get to have an opportunity to, to in, engage in things that they like with their electives. You know, they get more choice in electives. I would have to say, though, that we sometimes see students less excited about the learning as they get older. So I think it's our job to maintain that excitement, to maintain that um, engagement in the learning at every level. I can attest that is one of the most difficult things is when I first started teaching coming from the industry and first started teaching, I was always looking at faces and I would never get a reaction. And then uh, one of my mentor teachers said, when they give you that blank stare, you got them. And so <laughs> I, it took me a while to realize that it's, a, it's about their persona perceived being liked and, or enjoyment. And then now I'm in culinary and I get to have those aha moments where it is more about task and orient, task driven and group oriented. Memorizing, no, this is the way you get done. This is when we're gonna do it, go. So um, I'm glad you see that there's a big difference between that. My son is in kindergarten at League City Elementary, but he loves it and I can see that. Well, and I'd add to that, too. I think sometimes they really do love it, but like you said, they're, they don't want to show it. So, And that's going to happen at home, too. You know, They're less demonstrative. As, as we get older, you know, that those emotions might get in check a little bit, but I still, we just want to tap into those inner feelings, like you said, of excitement. And they're there. We just sometimes forget that they're there. And with the difference between the three levels, do you see a huge difference between each high school student, between all the different high schools? Is there a stark difference between the type of students that we have? Great question. And I have been the principal at Clear Falls and Clear Lake and Clear View, which are three very different schools. But I'd say overall, the students are very much the same. Um, you know, 
students want to learn. They want to do the right thing. Um, I have found that no matter where you are, there's pockets of excellence, and they they feed off of each other, but they also have, I believe, in, in the good, if you will, and you see that good across the district, every campus. You see students that, that want to do well. We talk a lot about our core values, and you can see those no matter what school you're in. You can see students excelling academically, excelling at extracurricular. Um, there might be a, a different mascot and maybe a little bit different level of school spirit around certain things, but I find that teenagers are all basically the same. I like the fact that a lot of times they can, it's interesting, you can find students from different schools and they may have a rivalry with each other, but as soon as you get them together for any reason at all, there's commonalities and they become best friends. We just saw that at a football game. Um, the cheerleaders from another team, not even in our district, came over with the cheerleaders on on our side. It was actually at Clear Springs, and then I believe that was, and then the, the band was playing the drum line. And they all did the same dance to the same drum line to the students were cheering, but you have the opposing school's cheerleaders they're all together. So once you get people together and face-to-face, -face, you find that they're all very much the same. And I would definitely concur. I have the students from all each school travel to me. And the one thing I love is I create a family atmosphere, like we're family. And you get students from different walks of life, different social classes. They would never be friends. But in culinary now, they're hanging out together. They're, they are... They are one. And it, you know, it takes a couple of weeks for them, but yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter where they're from. They all become the same. How would you see the culinary program growing in order to reach more students? That's another great question, and I'd probably um, defer a lot to you, actually, you know, and, and your expertise, but what can we do to maybe publicize, promote, allow students to really see what's happening, and then there might be some need for some capacity as far as on the campus, you know, how can we bring more students into the courses and how can we develop that but I think a lot of communication a lot of allowing students to see what their opportunities are I think sometimes they don't know ever since I took over my numbers have been steadily increasing I'm at a max of 60 I can hold total because of three double blocks I think this year I had over 80 on the wait list. For me, the challenge is just sheer numbers. My kitchen's only so big, it's only so safe. I look, their safety is my first concern. I don't know how we should approach trying to find a way to spread it out more. That's some, a question that we may have to ponder upon and have deeper discussions on, just because I know the, the need is there. Yeah, because of the wait list. I mean, I think, and if we looked at other programs around the district and what is the wait list, I think that's, that's a great place to start to see, the, oh, there is a need. That's a proven need is your the list of students that can't get in. With culinary, even though it's focused on cooking, but even though you haven't taken culinary classes, I'm sure that you make food at home. How can you see a student taking those skills and implement it in their daily life? other than cooking, those intangibles? Well, I definitely see hard work. I see 
preparation. I mean, you've got to take all of the, you've got to take pieces and then put them together. You've got to plan, right? Planning is so important with everything that we do. And it seems like to me, planning, accuracy, there's a lot of creativity, I think a little bit, and and certainly in, in what the students do. Putting all of that together is powerful. I think now as they're working together with others, you know, there's that responsibility piece, that respect of, of each other, um, and respecting other people's input, ideas, and I'm not sure how much of those tasks that they do are, are in isolation and how much they do as a group, but I would think a lot of the work would be, even if I'm working on one aspect of the meal, you're working on something else, everyone puts all of that together, taking your part and making something beautiful for the whole. And, and to me, that would be um, applicable with almost anything we do. I also concur. It's like Lego bricks. I stress on peer leadership and peer followership because you need to learn how to lead and you need to learn how to follow, especially your peers. And it's very humbling. Follow a peer and then take direction and take criticism. That's the hardest thing to learn. And I, I'm constantly pushing peer leadership. Some students take it, run with it, they're natural. You see the other ones slowly harness and they be what I like to say, extreme leadership. It's no matter what, I made the call. Whatever the consequences are, it's me. A lot of them don't want to take that role at first, but they do. We like to talk to, we were just doing a, in our cabinet together, we're doing a book study on Lincoln and leadership and um one of the things that he talks about in, in the book, and I think it's so classic for leaders, is if if there's something that happens, like you talked about the consequence, and we try to say if it's if it went well, you did it. If it did not go well, I did. I, I'm sorry. You know, you take the blame versus you share the, the glory, if you will. It's ex- actually almost the exact words that come out of my mouth is I tell them, no matter what, I will always give you credit. If they compliment it, it's you. If something's bad, that's on me. I take the criticism, I give you credit. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, it's the exact same thing. And hearing that from someone in your position, it was probably gonna resonate even more than me because they hold you in such high regard. And even though they don't get to interact with you, they still have a deep respect. Then let's talk about some, some off topic, cooking wise. Have you had any aha moments at home or when you're cooking that you realize like, oh, that was amazing. Whatever I did, I need to replicate it. Or do you have you ever had a, oh, no, don't do that again? I'd say both. And sometimes when you look at a recipe and you think, this is going to come out well and it doesn't, it's so disappointing, <laughs> more probably disappointing experiences mm-hmm. from my side then maybe oh this is amazing you know usually when other people cook it's more amazing because you haven't done all the work and you just see the finished product and it's so good when I make it I'm probably more critical you know it's not quite right yeah. what I whatever we do the dinners we do I might sample and make sure seasonings are right but I'll go back to eat like a peanut butter sandwich I, I smell it. And so the students start off eating a lot. Then they realize oh, they're super critical of themselves. They learn how to reach for excellence. 
And then I, I always tell them, as close as you get to that bar, I'm going to start pushing it further away because we're always striving for greatness. What drives you to make you your best self? That's a great question. I believe that we all have certain capacities. We all have abilities and gifts, but it's really what you do with it. Um, you know, I believe in hard work. I believe in giving back. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like when you're trying to make others better, it it's a plus for you. I mean. I believe that that just comes back on you, if you will. Um, for me to be my best self is just to do everything I can to to support whatever project is in front of me. I'm very big on living in the moment for the day and waking up doing whatever I can in that day. And then at the end of the day, you say, okay, if I didn't accomplish anything or if things didn't go is planned. It's really okay. You do it again tomorrow. I don't like to dwell on the past. I don't really want to dwell on things that didn't go well. I want to learn from mistakes. I feel like any challenges, whatever we have in front of us, I see them more as opportunities. Um, so I don't like to call it a, a problem. I like to see it as an opportunity and see what we can do to, to make it better. And, and nothing's perfect. I think you have to have to understand that life isn't perfect and we're doing the best we can, but be very grateful for every day and for what we have right in front of us. Don't be looking too far ahead or don't be looking too far behind. Look right there and I think you'll be successful. Like everything else so far, I concur. It is, I find myself and my, see from my students that when we do for others, you have a much more self-accomplishment. I stress to them, I call it the person in a mirror. If you can look at that person in the mirror and honestly say that you did your best, but if you can't be honest with that person in the mirror, do what's best for humanity. What would you tell your 18-year-old self now if you could go back? You know, I would probably kind of concur with what we just said. Be, you know, look at yourself in the mirror. I love that. You know, be proud of who you are, of what you're doing. And I do think I would say be yourself. Try not to be something that you're not. Be invested in, in every moment listen to other people, almost be true to yourself, if you will. You know, it, um, people will try to mold you. People will try to turn you into something. Or don't worry about what other people's expectations are. I think that's a mistake that we make, whether we're on social media, whether we're listening to what other people are, are saying, you know, likes, dislikes. It's really who you are and how you were made and being successful with accomplishing things that are in front of you, but also being yourself. You know, follow your, follow your passions. Don't follow somebody else's passions. I think that's really important. It is. It's very important. And I think we all could go back and tell ourselves, do what you want, do what's best for you and that you see instead of trying to please parents and others. And that's it's a hard pill to swallow until you get older. And fortunately, as older you get, 
you can't, you kind of on a path that's really hard to recorrect. True. It's so true. Because uh, I started out in uh, research and development. Uh, I had cancer. I Then I was like, I need to do something. And that's what made me change. I needed, I want to be able to affect one student. That's my, that's a goal. If I could go back and tell myself that, I would do what's best for some, for you, but from somebody else. And what drives you, and that drives you to help others, you know, and that's what drives you. And some people are driven by different things, but I'm like that. I think most of us in education, we're driven by seeing other people succeed, totally driven by seeing students succeed, teacher, everybody. That That is what, um, that's what drives me, and I think that's why this is a great profession, you know, for educators. It certainly is. Now, this next one is going to be kind of like a three-parter. It's going to be, what was the most important lesson you have ever learned? Then, what was life before that lesson? And what's life after that lesson? That's a very deep question. Most important lesson, for me, I would have to say the importance of integrity and doing the right thing for yourself and doing the right thing for others. Um, before that, I mean, and I do I always do that? No. I mean, you know, it, and that's it's, you're not perfect. But I think a lesson for me, you know, and when I was, I mean, I remember, you know, as a child, not not having, you know, maybe saying something that, that wasn't honest or, or not having that integrity. And, and even throughout, throughout your years, you know, if you go back and every time that I haven't stood on, on doing exactly what I felt like was right and doing what I consider is the right, making the right thing and, and holding on to integrity, it never goes well. You cannot ever bluff everybody all the time. You know, you can kind of blow smoke and, and you know, make statements and all that kind of thing, but really just stand on what is right. And other people may see it differently, and that's okay. It's We don't all agree on everything, but do the right thing at the right time. And to me, that has been such a powerful lesson throughout the years. And when I haven't done that, you know what? Go back and say, I made a mistake. I guess that goes right along with it, being willing to own a mistake, say that was wrong, I should not have done that, and we're going to move forward. That way you can kind of make sure that you're always going in the right direction, and we'll, we'll, we won't always, but step back and get it right, and then keep on going and keep integrity utmost in everything that, that I do, I, I try. I would say that would probably be the best lesson anybody could take away is integrity. Always doing, maybe not what's right, but what you feel is right. All you have is your word. Once you lose that, you lose everything. So if I'm going to say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it because I told you I would. That's integrity. So great way of looking at that question. So we have a, a couple listener questions from some of my students. And one of them is, do you have a good relationship with food? I do. I love food. <laughs> yes, I do. And what made that relationship so beneficial? I have just always enjoyed eating. I guess everybody does, but I think part of it is because you stop, and I enjoy when I have meals with, with family, with friends, to stop and enjoy the food and also enjoy the company. The environment. The environment, absolutely. Yes. When you were growing up, 
did y'all have your family, did y'all have family meal time? Everybody sat down and ate dinner together? Yes. And my mom is a very good cook and she loves to cook. She still loves to cook, but um, she doesn't do quite as much now, but she enjoys it. And it was a big part of growing up, was stopping and eating together. And I had the same experience, and I, I see that shift where people, students don't take the time. It was such a big integral part of your day. This is when you're eating and you talk about your day and what you did, and you so interactful. I wish we could find a way to make that more but everybody's lives are so busy and things are happening. 10, 20 minutes to sit down and enjoy a meal as a family or friends. Why would you recommend someone to take culinary? Oh, for so many reasons. If that's an interest of, of a student, I would highly recommend trying it. You never know. I mean, you could be the next, you know... Chef Rousseau, you never know. And and I think you, p- students need to have the opportunity. Um, high school is the chance to try everything. I don't care what you think you might enjoy or not, just try it because that one course could lead to a profession. And our job is to open doors in high school. I feel like our job in, in all of school, but particularly as you get into high school and intermediate to secondary is really opening doors as elementary, you're opening doors because of the education. You just the learning and learning. And as you get older, you continue to broaden those doors and broaden different opportunities where, you know, taking your education and applying it to culinary, applying it to welding or applying it to, um, you know, journalism. You know, there's so many things, but I, I truly would encourage anyone to try anything that they think they might like. And even if your friend's taking it, try it. You know what? It might truly surprise you. It might spark that passion and you never know where inspiration is going to hit. What question should I have asked you that I did not know enough to ask? It's me being humble. Hmm. I thought you asked some very deep questions. So that's hard one. Maybe what is my favorite food? (laughs) I thought, and um, I probably would say I could eat Mexican food almost every night. (laughs) You know, I I thought you asked some very deeper questions that I thought we were going to get into with culinary. I think that's, I'm appreciative of the opportunity to talk more about goals and and life lessons and connect I think what you did was ask me about culinary and connecting it to life and you really gave me a lot of opportunity to think about how powerful it is all of these electives but how powerful culinary can be as as skills learned to transfer to all aspects of life that was good questions actually that's the one stigma we're hurtling over, they hear it and think culinary, and I'm trying to make that connection of this is the the passion begins here. It doesn't have to be for cooking. Your passion of you and your life and how it branches as you grow. And that's why speaking to uh, community leaders, not just culinary, but what do they do? What is useful for them that is connected to what we actually do in a class? Having that connection made for students is so integral, but it's so hard to do. So I uh, I do appreciate that. Do you have any questions you would like to ask of me? One question. What 
in the, in the course of all your curriculum, what did the students find? What do you think the students um, enjoy most about your course, about your classes? I would tell, say, the one thing they like the most is the welcomeness. They're always welcome, no matter what it is. If you're honest and truthful, I will be there. I call them, I love you like my own children and I will be there to protect you. So them knowing they have that haven to come if they had a terrible day at home or whatever it is, they know they have a place to come, be safe, and feel welcome and loved irregardless. Because a lot of kids, they just want to be told somebody loves them. And if we could take that and make it pervasive over the entire school district... Think about what that would look like. Every student comes in knowing they're safe. We care about you, build relationships. This is a safe place to learn and grow, and we care about you. That's the goal for Clear Creek ISD for every school, so we need to transfer that for sure. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what we're working on, absolutely, together. It's something that's very doable. It just takes a lot of outside-the-box thinking. That pretty much wraps up every little question I have. Um, there's some things that we've covered that I don't need to ask, but I want to finish up by thanking you so much for your time. I know it's valuable, and you just spending a half an hour here was truly insightful and eye-opening, at least from my point of view, and I can almost promise you my students well, thank you so much. I enjoy it, and I look forward to visiting not only your, the classes, but tasting some of the amazing food that y'all are so um, famous for. Thank you. We are actually planning our first dinner today. We were talking about dates and cuisines. The goal of that those dinners is to give the community a look at something that's not what you can get everywhere. Like we did a plant-based dinner a few years ago. My goal was to make people who are not plant-based enjoy the food. So that's our goal is to find cuisine that is off the beaten path so everybody can broaden their horizon. I look forward to it. I thank you very much for joining us. And if you need to follow her, you can follow her on Twitter at Karen Engel. Uh, this has been Chef Tate Roussel with Clear Creek ISD. And I thank you very much for spending time listening with us. Talk to you later.